Lani talks to us every few weeks about sophrology, and uh, I was just talking with Lani off the air. Um, you're setting up a practice in Hamilton, but you were talking about how prevalent sophrology is in Europe. So you just want to tell the listeners what you were telling me just now. Mm, yeah, so, well, actually, sophrology started. It was founded by a, um, a, 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 what is he, a neuroscientist in, in, in Spain and in Switzerland and France. That's kind of where he court, sort of centralized everything. Yep. And so as it's grown over the years, sophrology has become quite prominent um, in continental Europe. So people are using it as a strategy for overcoming stress and anxiety in regards to um, taking exams or doing sports um, or corporate presentations. Um, also, HR companies in the corporate wor- world will actually, or HR departments in the yeah. corporate world will have sophrologists. They actually hire sophrologists as, like, it's on your employee team um, so that anyone who's feeling stressed or anxious in the working environment can stop what they're doing and go see the sophrologist and ha- and just be able to cu- become calm in a stressful situation at work. So it's really about balancing well-being at work. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting because in New Zealand, if you go to the WorkSafe web- website and you read the strategies that New Zealand requires of businesses in New Zealand, one of the requirements is that by law, as an employer, you are required to provide health safety and well-being strategies for your employees. This includes physical and mental health and well-being. Right. So you're required to provide well-being strategies, which include mental well-being, physical well-being. So basically, as a sophrologist, I, um, I focus on the holistic health of a person, so being able to balance all of the parts of our organism, mind, body, spirit, breath, and consciousness, yep. and to balance that and allow people to feel safe in their environment and to be holistically healthy. So that's, you know, as because it says on the New Zealand WorkSafe website, by law you're required to do this, then people should hire me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it works. Um, yeah. So you wanted to, today you wanted to talk about... Um, Self-sensing, do do you want to explain what that is? Well, so self-sensing, basically, um, it's pretty rare that we respond to our bodies in the midst of action, whether it's stressful action or happy and enjoyable action. So this is about activating helpful breathing techniques and responding consciously and mindfully depends on how we sense ourselves. Um, And learning this technique requires a really massive understanding of the senses both in the inner and the outer world so this means paying attention in two directions so outwardly towards um, any conditions that are happening in our outer world and that you know because we have our senses so we experience life through our senses our sight sound smell taste and touch right yeah yeah. so inwardly we experience the the life and the world through our thoughts, our emotions, and the physical sensations that exist in our bodies. So that's so self-sensing is about connecting with the inner and the outer world and being able to identify, consciously identify in the moment what the body's physically feeling so that we can then respond in an appropriate way. Is this, is this something we've forgotten how to do as we grow up? Like do we? Is conti- it, what? It's hard for me to hear you. I don't know. There's some feedback going on. 
Okay. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it will have stopped now. I need to get a better microphone. Um, it's a, you're, you're listening on a different microphone um, than the one that you okay. can see on the Zoom. Um, I was going to say, is this something that we forget as we grow up or we learn not to do or we learn to suppress or, or take, ignore? Like yeah, how, we our, definitely, our, yep. As time, as time goes on, as we grow up, we, we uh, yeah, things happen. We don't really tune into the body. We're not taught actually how to physically sense the body. It's happening more, um, you know, in our modern era and the way people are raising their children and speaking to their children. Yeah. It's actually... Um, becoming more of a thing so like when i when we were growing up our parents didn't when something was happening and we were falling out of control or something was chaotic in the moment our parents didn't say to us breathe just breathe calm down (laughs) and then let's talk about it right (laughs) i that's it that wasn't my experience growing up also wasn't my experience when i was raising my children however now we live in a world where People are more aware of things like that. And so my grandchildren are now being told to breathe, calm down, and then let's talk about whatever's going on. And so when you, when you breathe, when you create that breathing strategy, you're basically pausing. You're, you're putting, a, putting in brackets what's going on, and you can actually identify what's happening in your body. Um, and then you're able to self-sense and identify the reaction to whatever you saw or heard outside and how your body feels with that. So like as an example, um, you might smell the aroma of your neighbor baking pizza in the pizza oven, for example. Yep. (laughs) And so you'll start to think, oh, that smells really good. Um, And then you your digestive system starts to react to that. So, um, and then also you might have a connection to, oh, I remember when I, the last time I had pizza, I was with my friends. And then depending on how that experience was, whether it was stressful or happy, will depend on how your body responds to the smell of pizza in the air. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So if you, yeah. if perhaps for some reason pizza was associated with something bad, some bad experience, it's pretty rare, but that could could happen. You yeah. might you might not ever want to eat pizza. Um, well, in that moment, while you might be doing something totally different in your in your house, and the neighbors making pizza, and all of a sudden you start to feel stress because you had a bad experience with pizza, um, or you had a bad experience, or that was, you know, you might have been like with a group of friends who were eating pizza, you were all eating pizza together, and then something happened, which caused you then to, um, to become stressed. And so you'll, your body will move back into that stressful situation. So when you can sense what's going on and identify how did I go from what was just happening in my life to now I feel stressed because I'm thinking about this stressful moment, um, you, you, because you can identify that, you can calm yourself down by going back into that breathing strategy. You're actually self-sensing. You're identifying, oh, I smelled this pizza, or I heard, I, yeah, I smelled the pizza, then I started feeling this, and so now I'm going to relax my body, be in tune with my autonomic nervous system, and, and go back into a more present space. I was I was thinking that maybe I'd chosen something slightly silly there to pursue with the pizza thing, but I guess people can have reactions to all sorts of things that you might not expect mm-hmm. just because of an association. 
Exactly. So, yeah, because we experience life through our senses, right? And then we determine a, a beha- our behaviors are based on um, those memories, Um and our, you know, our brains and our limbic system are set up so that our, we are connected to the, um, the memories that are associated with the things that we sense. We out, those outer senses are connected to the inner senses of our limbic system that's created within the body. So what, um, if you're starting with someone from scratch and they need to get into self-sensing, where, where do you start? We actually start with, um, well, I, we start with meditations and sophrology, so I'll actually do um, help people identify their, how they connect with their senses. Um, so we'll, in a meditation, we would, I would recall, um, think of something, um, a smell that you're really familiar with, and how does your body physically respond to that scent? Um, and so we're doing this in a meditative strategy. So before, prior to getting into the creative visualization, we've already um, done a body scan and we've done some balanced breathing strategies. Um, and then we start working with the senses in meditation. So how does your body physically feel when you smell, see, um, hear, touch, or taste something? And because it's amazing how you can recall those memories um, like if I say to you, choose something that you really enjoy eating and that you wish you were eating it right now, your mouth will start to sal- salivate Yeah. because now you're thinking about food and eating food. And the first thing that needs to happen when you're eating food is your mouth start, has to salivate in order to process the food. So it's, we start with people in helping them identify their sen- senses um, and just to become aware, it's about building awareness. Again, conscious awareness. We're not, we don't, you know, it's pretty weird, like I said, that we exist in a conscious space where in the midst of action, we can identify how we're responding to the situation through our senses. We can do it, but we don't do it. We don't, because we're just not aware. Yeah. So you, so, so you've you've personally gone through this the kind of a journey with this. Can you, are you able to do that now? If you're on a stressful situation, can you remind yourself? Or sometimes a situation so stressful that it's still a challenge. No, um, if you are, um, so you have to practice this. Obviously, it's not yeah. something like you. You know, you're not sitting here listening to this conversation we're having, and then you're gonna. Um, to, you know, this afternoon something stressful is going to happen and you're going to self-sense and respond instantly. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. This is a practice. This is something we do over time. So um, basically self-sensing can bring us into a more genuine relationship with ourselves um, to identify what our real needs are. So um, then we're actually able to respond to the inner and outer circumstances of our lives, um, which has a direct impact on our nervous system. Um, so we're able to establish harmonious function within the 11 systems of the body. Um, but yeah, it's a practicing process. So I, yeah, I start with my clients. We learn to understand the senses and how they're, how we can identify them, how they work, how we're addressing them. Um, basically identifying the physical sensation. So every time, um, like even in our, in our exercises with your eyes closed, um, and I'll 
say to people as we do the body scan, um, at the end of the body scan, we integrate what are the physical sensations that you're feeling and always trying to identify because we literally don't ever try to identify the physical sensations of our body. Like in a, um, <clears throat> in a, in a heated situation, a stressful situation, we don't stop and think, what am I physically feeling right now? And what do I need to do in order to, to make the best decision in the next thing I do? Right. And also in a happy moment, you know, we don't sense the physical sensation. Like um, yesterday, I watched Asa play soccer and <laughs> we don't, you know, he scored five goals. But in the moment, it's like, yay, that was really great and fantastic. But how does my body feel right now? And how, you know, what's the sensation that Asa was feeling in the moment after every, what did his body physically feel in that moment? So we're talking, you know. folks, we're talking about the Roosters who won their warm-up, oh, their <laughs> season warm-up game 7-4, and yes, Asa got most of the goals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but that's the thing is we don't, you know, and I, um, I'm a sophrologist and I can't recall, you know, in that moment, like, I can recall that I was smiling and I was happy, you know, in ver- you know, with each goal. But how did I physically feel? Like, what were the physical sensations? What kind of stimulation was I feeling in your body, in my body? Can and you that, say now? Yeah, there was a, the exhilaration. It was um, uh, you become like, like you. It's the it's the um, the body like jumping out of your chair wherever you're sitting, clapping, cheering. Like these are the physical sensations that are happening with your body. And it's because the elation, like your body's feeling so much energy that it actually has to do something. So you clap, you cheer, you jump, you scream, whatever. There's so much energy and excitement within your physical organism that you literally have to do something. And so it's the inner and the outer senses working together. But to be aware of that, to actually identify how that's happening in your body, like that's building a genuine relationship with your body to come away from any given experience or circumstance and understand what happened, why you felt that way and how you felt that way. It, when you can, when you have that kind of relationship with your body, you then can speak with your body and talk to your body. And, you know, you can also identify in the moment what it is that makes me excited about that. Like, if I was to talk to Asa, why do you play soccer and why do you want to um, score goals? Yeah. Personally, like, not it's not about everything else around you and the people around you, but personally, what is it that drives you to do what you do? Probably if you asked that, he'd say, Mom, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he would. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. But, even, but in other situations, like, with people who are in addiction, what is it that causes you to do what you do? Let's, let's get to a point with your sensations, with your self-sensing to identify what is it that's causing you to do what you do. I, I want to go just go back. It's, it was intriguing to me to, to be trying to figure out the sensations for when you're feeling good because typically – we, 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 we've been focused on the negative stuff. So you say, I feel stressed. Okay, I feel tightness in my stomach or I feel tightness in my chest or I've clenched my jaw or I've got a headache or, you know, that, that's the, and, and I think as a culture, we're starting to learn to be able to do that. 
but it had pretty much never occurred to me that you might do that with when you're feeling positive. What does it feel like to feel positive? Mm-hmm. And that's actually, that feels quite a bit more challenging. Yeah, actually, it, well, it does because as humans, we naturally focus on the negatives, right? Is All that, the, is that, is that do you, would you think that's natural or is that cultural? And I'm talking about um, whole modern culture here, so it's pretty universal by this point. It is universal. Everyone, you'll always focus on the pain in your body. I, well, this is, yes, okay, all right. <clears throat> you'll yeah. always focus on the pain and discomfort. So um, one of the things that we teach also is um, toggling between pain and discomfort. So it's not about completely ignoring it and saying, I'm not going to think about that pain. It's it's toggling between. So So you have pain and discomfort somewhere in your body. So identify it, recognize that it's there. Now go to a place in your body where there's where your body's not screaming out. Your elbow, your wrist bone, your ear, a space in your body that has there's there where it's neutral, you're not feeling anything. Yeah, yeah. And then you toggle back and forth between the two and eventually the the pain that you're sensing calms down because now your body is working all the systems are working together to calm and relax that painful part of your body. So that's how we can work between the two. But as far as noticing the physical sensation of love, compassion, kindness, happiness, curiosity, um, you actually will be able to sense that within the whole of your body. So um, as in the excitement of watching my son score a goal, I jump, I clap, I cheer, I use my entire body because I'm so joyous and happy that that just happened. And so it's not like there's one small little part of my body that's celebrating. All the systems of my body are excited. So (laughs) I'm jumping and thrilled. My knee is celebrating. Yeah, that would be weird. Exactly. (laughs) Your whole, so actually um, what's happening when you are feeling positive emotions is that your whole body is feeling that together. So the whole holistic being of you is feeling all of that. So being able to identify that physical sensation of your whole body um, harmonized and in tune um, and recognizing what that means as opposed to, oh, I'm feeling um, fearful and so my chest is tight and my gut is, has pain in it or the, the, the spasmodic emotion that you might feel with grief and sobbing, you know, when you're sobbing and crying, when you're really, really sad and you're sobbing, um, you're like sobbing and your chest is spasmodic and your breathing is unnatural, is, un, is just really out of balance, right? You, but that's easy to notice because it's happening in only one p- place of your body, not the whole body all at one time. I guess we use, for positive stuff, sometimes we use phrases like uh, the warm fuzzies, is is one that I've heard. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's like it's it's less specific, but yeah. Um, well, because you're feeling warmth all over your body, and the fuzzies would be your like the goosebumps people get sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's your everything standing up. It's this energy that's within you that comes out, um, and and has to co- somehow reveal itself in the outward experience. It's funny, isn't it? Where does the energy come from? Like like in in, to, in a in a physical sense like we know it's coming from the emotion but but actually where did it come from well literally (laughs) your brain is composed of 100 billion neurons right and then 
each of those 100 billion neurons touches, reaches out to the extremities of the body, and there's 10,000 more neurons that are associated with all the systems of your body, your organs, your muscles, your um, glands, you know, everything that's happening in your body. So the main function of these neurons is to connect all the distant parts so that you function as a whole. So, like, if you think of how technology is set up with your, with your radio station, all the different parts and all the different wires, and they all come together to, cre- to broadcast sound yeah. for you. And that's what's happening within the body. The brain is correlating the messages, and the messages are coming into us from our outer senses and our inner senses. The brain is correlating the messages and then sending them through the information highway of the body, the nervous system and the endocrine system. And so those messages are going, are flowing through your body. So it's actually coming to you from your inner and outer senses. That's where you're receiving the first, the first spark. So. So when, and when we have, if we go back to the positive sensation all over our body, it's our brain is sending signals, or everywhere to, or to our skin, I guess, to mm-hmm. to have a certain reaction. Yeah, it's yeah. your well, your nervous system. Your nervous system is then speaking too, because the neurons are on the edge of, ends of your nerves, right? Yeah. And so, and and so it comes out, and it's and you have that peripheral nervous system, all those nerves that are right at the, right close to your skin, and so yeah, then you'll get those tingling sensations, or the warmth will come because the the blood starts to flow more freely and and more readily when you're when you're happy and you're feeling comfortable. So then we'd... you've. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, so when you're happy and comfortable, your whole body's relaxed, right? So all of the functions of your body, all the systems of your body are now functioning harmoniously, and so you feel joy and warm. So we, we, we always talk about the mind-body connection, and there's an awareness now that that, that we've kind of separate, we, we our culture separates mind from body. And when, I guess you look at the human body, you think, well, there's just the neck between the two. It's kind of a skinny thing. But I know I've seen diagrams you've done of the nerves that come down from the brain to the rest of the body and that's actually if you're looking for dimensionally even like it's quite a, a big thing it's a big connection mm-hmm. isn't it to the brain uh, the, from the brain to the body exactly yeah that well because you've got the brain the brain can't function without the n- nervous system the nervous system can't function without the brain like that's just um, all the systems of the body, there's 11 systems of the body. They're all interrelated. They're all interdependent. Um, one doesn't function without the other. And so the goal is to create that relationship with your body, to recognize how your senses work um, and how those messages are flowing in your body. Um, and it, it does all starts with, um, with that breathing when you can calm the body through breathing strategies, you're actually calming. I think the one nerve that you're referring to is the vagus nerve, which mm. does connect to the brain. It comes down. It looks like an upside-down tree branch in your body. Um, so it comes down, and then all these tentacles that are coming out through and touching all of your organs. Um, that is associated with your what we call the autonomic nervous system. And... When you can calm the autonomic nervous system, then you're able, and you do that through your breathing, um, and then you're able to have a clear mind and be able to identify what's the next thought or strategy that I should approach. So we've, especially for guys in my generation growing up, and even more so older generations of men, um, 
we've kind of wanted to disconnect ourselves, the physical sensations from what's going on inside the head. It sounds like a challenge with a thing like the vagus nerve. We've mm. kind of achieved it, but that's also, I mean, that leads to, have we achieved it? Well, what, to disconnect? Yeah. Um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. So what happens to the signals? What happens to the signals? Do they just not go anymore? or um, They actually freeze up. So then we have fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue and um, because the nervous system starts to shut down, starts to freeze up. So it's, it, you are continuously in um, freeze mode, right? There's the, we talk about fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. Um, and so when you disconnect from your nervous system and try to block out whatever trauma has happened, you actually end up with um, a dysfunction of, uh, of the nervous system, an autoimmune disorder. Um, your body shuts down in certain areas because it's actually fighting off whatever you've created the stress towards. So I'm going to talk about, I'm picking on men here, but the reality is if we look at chronic illness, chronic illness is across the board mm-hmm. in our culture now, and that's what you're talking about, isn't it? Yep, yeah. And it's because um, whatever has happened outwardly did not balance with what was going on inwardly, and so there's a, there's a complete freeze of it. And, and so, for example, fibromyalgia is a dysfunction of the nervous system. It's not immune disorder of the nervous system. And it's because something is not right. Something's happening to you in your outer world that doesn't fit well with your inner world. And so um, you, there's a trauma there. There's some, some sort of trauma going on and you just your nervous system shuts down in order for you to pr- protect yourself. So, folks, we're talking to Lani Puriri <laughs> about uh, sophrology and we're talking about chronic illness. What you're talking about is... is Let's be a, a little controversial here. Is not what we're told when we go to the doctor necessarily. Well, well yeah. it kind of. It's more so. It is now. Um, like I have, I say this on the radio. I have skin issues, but um, a, a, <laughs> a specialist in Hamilton. You can't really tell, but a specialist in Hamilton did say that trauma is at the root of it. Before going yep. on to give me a prescription for some chemical, so, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. it was a first. You know, I thought it was a first. <clears throat> To, to, um, to actually say that. Yeah. Trauma is always at the root of the chronic illness, and that's why it's so important for us to work with our bodies. So um, once you have created that balance with your body and that genuine relationship with your body, like for me, this is going to sound really silly, but if I hurt myself, like if I cut my skin or if there's a pain in my body or something, I actually speak to my body like, oh, I'm really sorry that just happened. What can I do to help you feel better? What can I do to, um, you know, like if I'm feeling discomfort in my digestive system, for example, I'll speak to my body. What should we eat that will help us feel better? You know, or yeah. um, I've just cut my skin. What What should I put on you in order to help you heal? So outwardly, I'm doing things to help the systems of my body to function in the way that they're meant to function. And that's, that's the genuine relationship to have with your body. Because when you think about it, the cells of your body and the bacteria that's in your body, all of the systems of your body are actually little humans. 
running around functioning to keep you, their goal, their ultimate goal is to keep you healthy and well and alive. And if we're not doing things outwardly to support that, then the systems of the body will shut down, not because, not to hurt you, but because that's what they're meant to do. Something harmful is coming into your body. Something harmful is coming into your mind. I'm going to block it. So, the systems of your body will choose to block it. So what sort of answers do you get when you ask your body a question like that? Obviously, you're not going to hear a verbal answer or, necess- or probably not even words in your head perhaps, but somehow your body will hint an answer, will it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it would be based on the knowledge um, that you've chosen to participate in. So if I want to have a healthy digestive system, I will understand the foods that I need to eat that are most um, healthy for my body. And then I will reach for those. Um, Even in um, moments of sadness or um, frustration, I'll be talking to my body. What do you need right now so that this, whatever it is, does not affect me in a negative way, like creating an illness or a pain or discomfort? Um, Like, for example, this is something I didn't know before I started studying sophrology, but um, grief um, is actually associated with the, with the lungs, the respiratory system, and the, the abdomen, the lower abdomen. And so a few years back, I suffered the loss of my parents and my sister within three months' time, yeah. and I was swimming in grief. I was, I was overcome with grief. And as a result, I had a respiratory illness for 10 weeks, um, about three months later after, after their passing, and my, my lungs and my respiratory system were very weak. My stomach was really weak, um, so I ended up with a respiratory illness and then digestive issues. And had I known at the time, I would have been able to handle my grief much better. Um, what, but would now, you do, what would you do, do different with your grief? Um, I would have done some, some meditation, some breathing strategies, talking with my body, talking with what was going on. Um, and possibly needing to speak with a with a coach or a counselor to just open up and speak about the trauma that I had just experienced, um, to just release it, release that energy from my being so that I could continue to function better and strengthen. And one of the things I should have been doing was proper respiratory breathing strategies, like deep breathing strategies. There's many different kinds of breathing strategies, which I teach them and you can learn them through yoga in various places but had i been doing appropriate breathing strategies i would have been able to strengthen my lungs and my respiratory system which then would have helped to balance the grief that was going on in my body so we, I, I was asking before about how does the boss the body tell you what what it needs and i was just thinking like we we often know the example of animals that an animal will know it's not well it'll know to eat some particular plant or something like that. So it's mm-hmm. it's getting a signal from somewhere. It's not nutting it out like a human being saying, oh, the research says this and I should do this, so I'll, I'll do this. Yeah. Um, it just We're, knows what to eat. Well, the body is getting the signals, um, but outwardly we fight it. So we might, in a, you know, some people might use um, substances to, um, to calm themselves down. Um, you know, which then creates um, higher levels of dopamine in your body. So then now the body is receiving artificial 
strategies to develop dopamine, so then the body stops developing dopamine. So um, it, your, your body will speak to you through, like, you know when you're eating something you shouldn't be eating, your body is actually feeling sick, or you know when you're feeling tired and your body is, you know, trying really hard to, ha- to, to, to tell you it's time to sleep, and you're like, no, I, I need to work right now, and you mm-hmm. force yourself to stay awake, and then your body responds the next day to a lack of sleep. So you, you know when you shouldn't be sleeping, when you should be sleeping instead of working. You do know that, and you know when you're eating something that makes you feel sick and not so great. Um, you know the morning after a hangover that probably wasn't a good idea to drink as much as you drank last night. Like, you know these things, but it's about working with the body, having that genuine relationship with the body. Um, like having a relationship with a person. Like, you know when you've offset your partner. <laughs> yeah. And you know what to do to help your partner feel better and how to work with your partner so that the two of you can, can create harmony again. It's the same with the body. You know when you've done something to the body that has not been helpful. Mm. Your body's telling you. It's just about listening to those. It's the physical stimulation that you're feeling, the physical sensation. So, Lani, what can, we, what can you give as, as at least one concept as a takeaway for people um, if they sort of want to get on this journey? One thing that um, they could remember that they could be doing. You know what? We're always going to go back to breathing. Yeah, and it <laughs> it kind of frustrates people now because it's becoming so trendy um, that you know when when somebody's feeling a certain way they'll be like and you say to them just breathe they're like no I don't want to breathe I'm like angry right now <laughs> just leave me alone it's like saying to someone smile when they don't want to smile yeah. but honestly balanced breathing so just stop just pause for a moment and just breathe um, you know like. In conversations with someone, someone's talking to you and they're saying something that you don't really appreciate what they're saying. Are you sitting there thinking, what am I going to say next to them that's going, you know, so I can defend myself? Or are you sitting there doing some breathing, getting in tune with yourself, then realizing, do I need to say anything? Or can I just say thank you? Or can I just say, stay quiet and say nothing? Sometimes saying nothing is better than saying something is better is the best thing to do. Yeah. So the default is always pause and breathe um, just to be in tune with your physical sensations. So there's three kinds of breathing. There's balanced breathing, cleansing breathing, and an energizing breath. So balanced breathing is just becoming in tune. Inhale and exhale is balance. Your cleansing breath is when your exhale is bigger, so you're letting out a sigh. Um, so you might sigh when you feel physically or emotionally overloaded. And an en- energizing breath actually is a yawn. The, a yawn is meant to be creating a stronger inhale for you so you can energize your body and create more energy for yourself. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So we default to breathing. We always default to breathing. That's the first okay. thing we do because breathing clears the mind and allows you to think what's the next thing I should do. And you've got, I know, just before we go, we mentioned your website because you've got some breathing exercises on there? There is, I or know. Or meditation? But 
I do have a meditation. There's a meditation there. So yeah. Sofro Solace, and Sofro is spelled S-O-P-H-R-O. Yep. So Sofro Solace at gmail.com, or that's my email, gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> my website is sofrosolace.com. There we go. Um, yeah. yeah, just get in touch, and we can chat more about some of the things that are going on. Um, I've also got a course coming up with Fraser Adult um, Community Ed. And so I'm going to be teaching some of these strategies. That starts on the 10th of May, um, and it's an online course, actually. So oh, I was about to ask where it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do it online, and it's on Tuesday evenings. So uh, it'll be in the evening, and just for it's going to be eight weeks, and just an opportunity to just be introduced to some of these strategies. Um, I'm actually going to use the Tefeki Health Model, which is associates with the octopus and the Maori um, traditional healing strategies. Okay. So, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, that is. It's time for us to go. I wanted to ask about it, but it is time to wrap up. So, look, thank you for your time this morning, Lani, and um, and I hope you get a good good workshop. 